Hello, dear listener and viewer, and people doing neither. This is a Burkhart Wonderland, and with me tonight, I've got Raj. All right, Raj. Evening, how are you? I am fat, and I've just had two apple turnovers, and I hate them because I don't like apple. Dirty. What did, you have, what did you have for dinner tonight? That is my dinner. I've had that. I've got um, two bags of scampi fries if I'm feeling lucky later. So you're not going to have a cooked dinner later on at no. three o'clock in the morning? I've got two pie minister pies, though, chicken and mushroom. They're in the fridge. I might cook them and eat them. They'll, they'll all be gone. Will they? Yeah. You'll snaffle them by four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I did. I've got a bag of mozzarella cheese from Tesco's that goes out of date in two days and it's mouldy already. And how many hours? How many hours sleep are you averaging these days? Because I I, I I read something the other week that you did thirteen hours one night. <laughs> how dare you? Yeah, exactly. Thirteen hours. Love it. Well, yeah, I suppose so. Well, what else am I going to do? My friends can't come round. I can't go out. The offspring can't come back because she's a filthy student riddled with COVID. So I might as well just sleep. There's only so much porn you can watch in a day before you get bored and. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been boot, I've been booted off porn I've already by now. Oh, so. no. What have you been I've up broke, to, Raj? I've broken their fair usage policy. <laughs> what have you been up to? Uh, nothing. I've been watching inauguration today. I have to say, uh, I know most people find it all boring, but the, the, there was a, a young lady uh, who's their poet laureate, who I thought was superb. Anyone got five minutes to watch something tonight, then Google her. Poet laureate inauguration and watch what she said, uh, listen to what she said. It was absolutely fantastic. But apart from that, it's all pomp and circumstance. Uh, it's not as good as the British pop pomp and circumstance. So, But they at least it's, 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 it's used up a whole day in this horrible lockdown. Uh, okay. So we've only got seven more weeks of lockdown before we can go out and um, get some fresh air. Any news on when your, your boys are going to be back? Doing gigs? Not until, not, not until the summer. I reckon it'll be... It's, it's coming up to a year now, so probably in total we'll have been out of off touring for about fifteen months. So Shit. hopefully, and that's that's if the EU allow us to travel freely across borders. If not, we're all buggered. All, all musicians are buggered. So well, there you go. Do you want to do you want to make the listeners feel even worse? How many Ferrero Rochers you got left? I've got zero left, and they put the prices up to fourteen pounds for a tray. I've so got I've a box of tennis room. I didn't eat them. I need a, I mean, another uh, discounted link. A box of 42, not 10. Cost me a tenner. Anyway, you've upset people enough. Let's have a little bit of sunshine, a little bit of happiness. It's uh, the man who I will call Craig. I will call him Scott. I will call him Scotty and Craigie. I'm going to call him all of them. It's Craig Scott, Scott Craig from Same Old Arsenal Podcast. One of my Hello. Podcasts. How you doing? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. How are you, mate? Thanks for having me on. I always love coming to talk to you. Always it love it. It's good to have you on. We were um, DMing the other day and I was just saying congratulations on reaching a million YouTube views. Are you going to do a party for it like we did? And you said no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, no problem with a fella doing a, a nice celebration show for a million views. But um, it's it, it's a, yes, it's a lovely number and it's a great milestone and I'm very proud of it. But um, yeah, yeah I, I, I just don't think it... Um, needed a, a show really i'm not really like you know me dan i'm not really yeah. for i'm not all for numbers and subscribers and you know going yeah. out and going i've got this and i've got that um i suppose it's nice to let everyone know but um yeah you did a tweet didn't you i done a tweet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i done a tweet to say thank you how's, how's things going with you how's, how's you just had a dear listener my mum's from ireland and craig spent 10 minutes chatting her up earlier before the show started i think my mum's smitten I'm a sucker for an Irish accent. 
<laughs> That's why you married an Irish lady. Especially, especially on a bird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she's a lovely woman. Your mum and I had a lovely chat with her. Um, yeah, she's lovely. Like I said, I'm smitten for an Irish. I'm, I'm, I'm good for an Irish accent on a woman. She, uh, you could see her sparkly blue eyes all lit up when you were being nice to her. She's not used to people being nice to her. I only get her to come around and clean and uh, and and feed me. And then she buggers off again. Pure gentleman, so me, Dan. Pure gentleman, mate. It's, it's her fault. I sport Arsenal. I've done over that story many, many times. Um, right. So uh, we were thinking about what we're going to talk about because we're all pros at this. We've been doing this for a combined two hundred years between us and a few thousand shows. I thought. What's the one thing that people are talking about at the moment? It's it's not Brexit. It's not the the American uh, inauguration. What we all care about is uh, well, we can't mention the O word, so it's going to have to be. Well, I'll start with you. How things have turned around as Arsenal fans? Because if we look back to the twenty of Christmas Day last year, it was it was the end of times for Arsenal. We were thinking of shutting the club down, burning the stadium down, and giving up foot because we were the we were the worst team ever known in the world of football. And then we beat Chelsea 3-1. And then the next five games, we don't concede a single goal. And so six games unbeaten, five wins, an unlucky draw against Palace, who really didn't come to play football, did they? So how's it all turned around, Raj? How does it make you feel from Boxing Day onwards as an Arsenal fan? Are, are you full of the joys of, uh, what's going say, spring, but COVID, I suppose? Just feeling a little, little bit more positive about things, aren't we, really? It's, it's kind of like the green shoots of recovery starting to grow. We don't want to get too excited, but things are looking good. And when we do play at our top level, I've not seen anything better in, in, in the other teams. So, you know, uh, do, am I getting excited? Can we get top four? We can get top four. Um, but we've got to keep it going. And and, and, the, and the, the onus is on Arteta in some ways and not mucking a team around and stuff like that because he's now seen what some of these kids can do. Um, and with Thomas Partey fit again, Aubameyang starting to score goals, uh, we don't, we're not over-relying on Saka and Smith-Rowe. So, you know, we could we can keep a little bit more fresher. But it's been great. You know, I mean, the other night, Newcastle, I mean, Newcastle are a shit team, though. They're going to go down. They're going to get relegated. But we still played well against them in the second half. And um, I just think, I just think, yeah, you know, it's, it's all looking good. Um but it is down to Arteta because if he starts mucking around with that team and bringing in Pepe in and all that kind of stuff, then it could go tits up quite quickly. What do you think, Craig? I totally agree with you, mate. I mean, Saka on the right wing. I, I actually worry for Pepe at the moment because Saka can't be dropped um, playing on the right wing. Yeah, you're right. He, yeah. He's, he's got to stay there. And, you know, with the emergence of Smith Rowe, a, def- uh, a midfielder who will pick up the ball and run forward with it instead of stopping and going backwards and sideways. Um, I think Arteta is slowly is slowly seeing um, what he wants, and he's slowly starting to um, put his stamp on the team. I still believe that Arteta needs to make a few signings um, of of his own, you know, to bring in his own players. He's been left with a basically with you know, is it Wenger's? You know, Unai Emery was left with Wenger's squad and Unai Emery tried to do stuff with Arsene Wenger's squad. He, he brought in a few, you know, and Arteta has basically been left with the rubbish um, that's been left over. And as we've seen today, um, Doctis has, uh, has gone today. I would say it's Mustafi next. Um, yeah. that other, you know, other fellas gone. The removal van is, 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 is full and, and, and the boys are leaving. So, I think basically what it is, Dan, to go back to your question, is that I think 
every single player on that pitch now knows what their job is. Um, before, he was chopping and changing and putting a Bamiang up front and moving him back to the left wing. Then he'd play Pepe. Then he'd play William. Then he'd play David Luiz. Then he'd drop him and put Gabriel in. And then he'd drop Gabriel and put Holding in. So, for the Arsenal players, they must be thinking, what is this bloke doing? You know, you, you've got to you've got to get your team set and you've got to get your first 11 on the pitch, your best 11 on the pitch all the time. And I think that his best 11... Um, started against uh, Newcastle and I think that's the 11 he has to go with and uh, a lot of a lot of players in that second half I mean a lot of players who have been getting a lot of stick like Rob Holding he's been magnificent absolutely magnificent and, and Altera has really got um, a question on his mind that when Gabriel is fit who's he going to drop who's he going to drop Louise or Holding your audio's you know? breaking up a bit there is it yeah, it's like your Wi-Fi is going a little bit wonky. Is it? Oh, God. Right, yeah. once, can you uh, just take over there now and um, let me just go and uh, get all the kids off their Xboxes and stuff? <laughs> yeah, just, good point there. Just, isn't just, it, Raj? Just, just me and you, Dan, now, isn't it? Should we just talk about <laughs> films and stuff? <laughs> I've actually started making a list of the films that I've watched this year um, and rating them because that's how, on, a, on a spreadsheet. That's how, that's how sad I am. I've done about seven films this year. I watched one last night with... Um, Seymour uh, uh, Hoffman in, where he plays a German bloke. It was quite Absolutely good. no idea. No, good. But going um, on for what Craig, going on for what Craig said. I mean, what do you think, Danny? I mean, is Craig right in saying that? Um, oh yeah, uh, Arteta should be putting his mark on the team because I, I think that's it's not about putting his mark on the team. It's about understanding what his best eleven is, and um, he's been trying to put his mark on the team in the first first part of the season, and it didn't work really, did it? So. I just worry a little bit that uh, Arteta needs to understand what his best eleven is, and Craig's right that the, the team that, that that played the other night was probably his, his best eleven. But does Arteta now understand that? And that plan is like so, you know all these. I think you're right. Issues. You're definitely right, Raj. But I think what you were saying there about he's been trying to do it for the last six months. He's been he was chopping and changing too much, and he was trying so hard. Um, to get it right because obviously he's an Arsenal man and he's, you know, he holds the club close to his heart. But if you think about it, this is going to sound awful and stupid at the same time. COVID-19 actually done him a favour because he, there was a few players that he had to drop because of COVID restrictions. The players that he's brought in have stamped their place in the team and it's, it's kind of helped him out a bit because if it wasn't for COVID-19, he wouldn't have started playing Smith Rowe and he wouldn't have he wouldn't have put Saka over to the right wing. And, you know, little subtle things like that um, have now made him kind of sit up and, and see, what, to see, to see what he's got there. And like I said, and I'll keep saying it, that first 11 has to start every league game um, as from now, you know, including Cedric, who I thought was magnificent last night. Didn't put a foot wrong. He did uh, well, actually, yeah, he played played really well. He was really, really spoil, good, though, isn't he? Because how many um, managers have have been given a gem like Saka, left back, left wing back, right back, right wing back, left wing, right wing, ten? Start. He could do it all. Yeah. How many players in the uh, managers in the history of but modern football have had that? No, hardly but that's, any. That's what I mean by now. He's found now he's he's finding out where the players are best. Like he's played Saka left back, left wing, centre midfield. You know, he's but now he's on the right wing, and for me, he cannot be dropped from the right wing. Yeah, and he cannot he's, be he's dropped. Left footed, isn't he? Yeah, 
And, uh, and but then with his ability of playing on on the right on the left wing and playing on the right wing, he, he can he could do it all. And you're thinking, uh, do you think we recently signed him up to a new deal as well? Mm, um, that was right, uh, yeah. the end of last year. Mm. And then you get there's media reports today that they're going to uh, offer uh, Smith Rowe a double double your money long term contract. So we need to. Hopefully, Balogun will see all this lot because Balogun. He's only played a handful of games for us, but when he has played, he has shown that it's not—it's not just because he's a superstar kid. He just offers something different. He's, yeah. he's got a touch of the Giroux about him. He's a young man, like we've said for for ages. Remember when um, when Walcott used to play, get knocked off the ball all the time, and then we have uh, Nabry used to play, and Nabry mm-hmm. would be running down that way. You couldn't get him off the ball because mm-hmm. he's he's well built, and that's the same sort of thing with Balogun, another young player who's coming through. And if it, he's he should look at the likes of both the Willock boys. And so many other um, players that have been at Arsenal, like McGann, McGowan, the one who went to Barcelona. And all these players that have gone, oh, no, I want to go. I'm not staying here. I'm going to get a big money. Now look at them. They're all playing League One, League Two football. They're they're not doing anything special. And they need to look at these young players and go, no, I'm staying at Arsenal. And I'm going to um, Saka and um, Smithrow. Smithrow had two loans. He had one at uh, Red Bull and then one at Huddersfield. And for ages, people who have been watching him have gone, well, he needs to get his chance. I honestly thought that the Smith Rowe wasn't going to work out at Arsenal because they didn't want him. But then they've given him a chance. He's come in and he's he's done more in the handful of games that he's played creativity-wise than a certain O-letter person did it in, in the last, what, that run of 11 games where he got one goal and two assists and then Arteta went, there. Nah, I'm, mm. I'm not playing you anymore. But we're just so lucky with, with all the great players that we've got coming through. Um, and That's then, like you're saying... I don't think Balogun's going to stay, unfortunately, mate. No, I reckon he's, he, he's, he's been talked around to move him by his agent, I'm sure, um, you know, for, for, for money. Um, and you're dead right what you say. I mean, I can only think of one young lad who who, who, who went abroad recently and has made made a name for himself, and that's Jordan Sancho, um, obviously, who left Manchester City and went to Borussia Dortmund. And that turned out to be a, a fantastic move for him. Um, we'll probably see him back in the Premiership in the not so distant future, I would imagine someone will come in and snap him up. But I agree with you, mate. I I watched Balogun now. I know we were playing Dundalk, and you know it was kind of a dead rubber. But he, you are so right. He offers us something different. He's a traditional centre forward that plays with his back to goal, holds up the ball, and brings the midfield into the game. Um, so, yeah, if he did go, I'd be disappointed. Um, but at the same time, look, he's a young lad. Is his career on the line? It's up to him what to do. And if I mean, he's not even in the squad, Dan, is he? He's never been on the bench. He's not, you know, he's only in the Europa League team. It's not a good message for him um, to, to be sending out to him. Another thing, if I was Balogun, I'd be asking, I'd be knocking on the manager's door, asking why Nikita's in the team and he isn't. Because um, I, a lot of people had a go at me on Twitter for saying that Balogun's better than Eddie. You you haven't seen him play this, that and the other. You only need to watch Balogun for 10 minutes to see that he'll be better than Eddie. Do you know? Mm. He's got it all. He's built like a brick shit house. He's he's fast. He can shoot. He can finish. Why Eddie Nikita gets, keeps getting into the team over him, I, I'm not too sure. So, But it's all down to the manager, isn't it? And I still trust the manager. I trust the manager with his decisions. Yeah. If, but if, if Mikhail Arteta is saying that Bal- he, he doesn't want him, then he doesn't want him. Raj, as a, if you were a defender, who would you rather come up against, Little Eddie Nketiah, or would you rather come up against Balogun? Because I personally don't think any defenders are scared of Nketiah. No, I, I, I wouldn't want to go up against Balogun. Um, 
he's I just think he's so much better than Enketia, but mm. I've got no idea why Arteta hasn't got any faith in him. Um, but I hope he doesn't get rid of him because um, hopefully, we'll, 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 I mean, hopefully, I think that he'll realise he's a bit of a gem at some point in the next two or three months, and um, and with a captain, we'll see how it goes. But um, do you guys think we're going to actually buy any players now that we've got losing some players? No, no, I don't. I don't think we'll buy. I think there'll be. When's the deadline? Next week, Probably isn't it? At the end of January, uh, unless I don't think they. I know they moved the the summer one, but I think. Yeah, the, I just wonder whether they extended it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a little look and see if I can find out. Well, is there, who would you like to bring in, Raj? Or, I, I've got. I've got, I've got no. I don't think we, we've got any need for bringing any players in. I think we've. As long as we can trust Arteta, and that's going to be my theme tonight about trusting him to do make the right decisions, then we've got. A, a pretty outstanding team developing at the moment, and I know they're all, all on a bit of a learning curve. But my God, they're, they're playing with that with you know, with no fear at the moment, and it's very very. When they, as I said earlier on, when they're playing properly, it's seriously entertaining. Mm. It really puts a smile on my face, anyway. So, I'll no, just have I, a look. All the windows for um, the Premier League: Germany, France, Spain, and Italy all close on February the first. February the first. I don't know if they're going to have staggered times. Like, I think some of them are a little bit later than others. But yeah. So, so, so. What, so what are you hoping for, Dan, in the next five or six games? What are our fixtures actually? Um, We've got Southampton next in the cup. Then it's Manchester United. Uh, no, sorry, Southampton in the cup. Then we've got Southampton away on the Tuesday night. We've got Manchester United uh, on the Saturday. Wolves away, Villa away, and Leeds at home. That's, I think that is a, a half decent run. Did yeah, Southampton played recently, didn't they? And uh, mm-hmm. I was watching them on telly. They beat. Um, oh, they lost to Leicester, and then they barely they beat beat Liverpool. They beat Liverpool really well. So Southampton are, are not a rubbish team, and they they stuck by Hassan Hootel, who's mm. a Klopp junior. Apparently, they've had, had a similar path, and they know each other. And Hassan Hootel was crying. He was down on his uh, on his haunches, crying. First time he beat him, I think. First time he beat him as the manager, I think that's what that was all about. That's, that was a wonderful. Uh, um, of, uh, he loves what he's doing there. So looking at the games coming up, but we're playing Southampton three days apart. For me, I, I don't really care about the FA Cup. For us, I think it's more important to have a better run in the league because when we've got Benfica, Benfica are a decent team. There's only two or three decent teams in Portugal. But the only decent hard game that we've got coming up after the Southampton one is the Man United at home. And we've seen Man United. They're, a, if, if they're an attacking team. And Arsenal have seen that in recent games. If a team comes to us and they want to play football, we'll outplay them. Some of the fantastic goals that we scored. Like if, if we're allowed to let play, then we're wonderful. It's when teams like uh, like Palace come and they don't want to play football. That's when, yeah. we've, got, when we've got a trouble. Or, or we've Brighton. Problems. Yeah. I don't think Brighton really wanted to play football, but what's more important, FA Cup or or the um, the Premier League, Craig? Well, I think every supporter wants to win things. I mean, you know, I want to see, you know, to win the FA Cup again, it'd be great. But I think winning the FA Cup kind of would paper over the cracks a bit, you know? Um for me, it's the league this year. We've got to get up that table. Um, and I totally agree with Raj. We can finish top four. People will laugh at us and say we're deluded and this, that, and the other. But we can. It's still, mathema- it's still mathematically possible to finish fourth. We're um, not that far it, behind, are we, Craig? Well, no, not at all. Because if you look at the league table, there's so many teams bunched together. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, in a Man United fans' logic, we're joint fifth, are we? I think. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you look at all the teams that are on the same amount of points. Oh, Villa um, had a few games in hand and they just lost 2-0 to Man City. So they're now, they're yeah. still below us. Yeah. We're they've, got another, points. they've got another three games in hand. Yeah. So, um, but we're only six not... points behind Spurs in fifth. Yeah, well, they are. You see, six points. That's two games. Yeah. Do you know, there's a lot of hysteria going around. Ah, oh, we're rubbish and this, that, and the other. And we're tenth. We're tenth. I mean, like a fellow having a go at me on Twitter the other day, saying, you know, I said that I, I trusted, I still trust Arteta, and he's, you know, his comeback was we're tenth. So, but if you look at the league table, like you just have there, we're two points off, uh, six points off Spurs. That's two games. It's nothing. Yeah. There's plenty you, of games left yet. And look at the form table. Um, looking at now that Villa have lost, I think we've probably got. Oh, do the form properly, you tit. We're fifth in the form table. We've got thirteen. Yeah. Leicester, Man United, fourteen. Everton, fifteen. Man City, eighteen. Well, I don't think anyone's going to catch Man City. I think the league is probably going to be between Man City and hopefully Leicester. I'd love to see Leicester win it. But then when you look at goals conceded, we've got the fourth best defence in the league. We've gone five games in a row about conceding goals. And George Graham used to say, the first thing you do when you take over a club is you sort out the defence. We had a shocking defence. And now we've got rid of some players. Some um, class snatches has gone on loan for the, to the end of the season. Uh, like you're saying, Mustafi is almost definitely going to be gone soon. Socrates had his contract cancelled today. And most of the Bundesliga bastards have all fucked off. And that's the problem. Once that goes, you're going to have the harmony back. You're going to have the young kids are going to be the the, the, um, the important part of the club. And Lacazette and Aubameyang, they're, they're back on form scoring goals. And everything everything's turning out to be great again. And this is going to help us. If we've managed to build a, a six-game run in all this turmoil, what are we going to be able to do after the bad players are out, the ones that the, the clique, they're gone and all the young players are playing brilliantly. He's going to be able to bring in more young players. They're going to get more yeah. games. And if we get Torreya and he comes back from Spain, he could be that missing link to playing the, the midfield next to next to party. But it's, it's everything. It's still all looking too good, Raj. It's just, it's, are you expecting something to go wrong or are you expecting this to carry on? There's probably going to be a few blips. I mean, it's still a long part of the season. Of course, so we're, yeah. we're going to lose a few games and stuff, but you know, you've got, you've, you've, We've got rid of Ozil. If we get rid of Mustafi, they're the two ringleaders in the dressing room in terms of kind of mm. having the power and perhaps a little bit of bullying and stuff like that. So it might open up the dressing room a little bit more, get people more relaxed. But, you know, we're, we're in the top half now of the league. We're not, we shouldn't be high-fiving each other just because we're in the top half. But our recent form kind of promises better times. And I think um, just stay positive, you know. I've really enjoyed the last six games. I hated the first... Three months, and I've enjoyed the last six games, and I'll look forward to the next game, and hopefully we'll keep winning. You know, and if we win, if we win nastily and still get three points, I won't care. Mm. I won't give a shit at all. So just stay a little bit positive and stop slagging off people left, right, and centre. You know, and, and and see how it goes. What do you think, Craig? Absolutely, mate. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I'm like you. You know, it was horrible, horrible watching um, the first part of the season. But like Roz says, we've won. You know, we've won five games in a row. Um, we can see the quality well, we can't we? with the draw with Crystal Palace. Um, the quality is there. It's there for all to see. I mean, the second half last night was the best. Was one of the best football footballing halves I've ever seen of an Arsenal team. Um, they were so. They were superb. Um, so good to see yeah, the chemistry between Smith Rowe and Saka is like. It's on another level. It really is. They look so good together. You know, they've been they've been at that club since they were what eight, nine, the pair of them. 
They know each other inside out. They must be best buddies, you know, off the pitch. Best buddies on the pitch. You can see the delight in their faces. I mean, the two of them there when uh, Smith Rowe put that one on the plate for him. You know, the look in their faces um, towards each other. You know, they've, they've probably been doing that all the way through their Arsenal career. Doing that, you know, and to do it on the big stage in the Premier League. And, you know, they must be saying to themselves, we're here. We've finally done it. You know, we're here and here we are now in the first team. So to have players like that, but the thing about Saka and, and, and Smith Rowe for me is is the other players who are on the fringe watching them. Um, you know, yeah. like you said, Dan, hopefully Balogun is watching what's going on at the moment and saying, hang on a minute. Perhaps I have got a little bit of a chance here. Perhaps I have got yeah. a future here. Yeah. Um, and that, is it the other lad? Is it Aziz? Um, yeah, is it well, Miss Central Midfielder. Yeah, is it Aziz? Is it his second name or something? Yeah. yeah. He, he, he come on against Dundalk as well and he looked very good. Um, again, I know it was Dundalk, you know, part-time football team, whatever, but he looked very good and he, he must be there in training. Well, I hope that he's there in training, training his ass off because he actually believes that Arteta will give him a chance um, when when the chance arises, you know. So, you know, to keep Saka and Smith-Rowe fit is, is massive for us at the moment. And, and who would have thought that, it, you know, Saka and Smith-Rowe are the ones that, you know, that we're all counting on um, to be fit and, and and to get a bit of consistency in their game and, and, and play for us well every week. I think Aubameyang now is, um, I think now after he's got those two goals and... Back. Yeah, well, Dan, you know... You know, a lot of people. A lot of people last night. Oh, Aubameyang's back. Aubameyang's back. Let's just see. Let's not. Yeah. Let's not pressurize him. One just sunny him. day does not make a summer. Exactly. Right. Let's not. Let's not pressurize him. Let's just let him do what he does and let him do it naturally. Because you, over the past few weeks, we've seen him keep trying and trying and trying, and he's not letting it happen naturally like he used to. Uh, just let it happen naturally. All right, he missed that sitter last night because he's over trying. Cool, and then boy. when he does get when he does get a good ball. It, it was that goal, that first goal against Newcastle last night was so naturally an Abamian goal. He let it bounce once, wallop. Do you know? Instead of he might have over tried it, taken a touch, tried to beat the defender, but no, nah, he just put his foot through it and hit the back of the net. Let's just let him do what he does. It is. Abamian uh, staying in form is actually vital to our success for the next few games, Scott. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, but we've been saying for ages, stop the crossing. We don't need crosses. Giroud isn't playing there. Aubameyang has made his career by being given the ball and running at players. And when you see, as a defender, if you see Aubameyang running at you with the ball, you're going to shit your pants. And that's exactly what happened the other night. He did that. And that's what he's been waiting for. No more crossing, mate, waiting for him to jump up. He's, he scored three headers in his, his career. I think all three of them were with Arsenal. I read that as a tweet. Could be complete nonsense. And uh, it's just... I think Lacazette hasn't had to drop so deep all the time he, so he can concentrate on scoring the goals. And even if Young and Lacazette aren't scoring, they don't need to because we've got the other players coming in and scoring. We haven't even just, mentioned <laughs> Martinelli yet. Another player like Saka who can play in any one of the front three positions. So if you've got Martinelli and Saka playing there, and then like we saw with um, the, the, the goal where um, Smith-Rowe set it up for Saka, Smith Rowe can play on those sides as well. So as a, if you've got if you've got four defenders and you've got Martinelli, Saka, and Smith Rowe, you're going to be going. Well, at any point during the game, one of them could run out left, and the other one's going to come in the middle. And then he's going to go round to the right, and then the right is going to come in the middle. You're going. 
what the fuck are we meant to do? Unless we stick two men on each one, you're not going to be able to do it. And so Aubameyang, the pressure is offered by Aubameyang. And I think that's partly, like you're saying, Craig, that's helped his game because there's no pressure because other people are scoring goals. The team are playing well. And then after all this loveliness, party comes back and my god that the passing he was doing the number like at one point he got the ball he put it out left they give it back he put it in the middle he got it back he put it out to the right and it, as central midfielders or defenders you'll be thinking well how the hell are we going to compete with that he's doing perfect through balls plus you've got the odd david louise through ball from the length of the pitch to the foot of of a bamyang and all these positive things and party coming back and martinelli is going to come back and he looks so eager to score when he came on the other day i don't think there is a single negative thing that i can think about going on at the club at the moment could any of you apart from some of our fans on twitter well, well yeah i think i think what still disappoints me i think what has disappointed me for years and years now is is our we have no clout in the transfer market whatsoever um, we need it I was just looking at our, our wiki. Well, I think I think we do. I mean, we've got to, you know, if we're if if we're pinning our hopes on Smith Rowe to, to to carry us forward there in the middle, we've got to get someone to back him up straight yeah. away. Um, so we need, you know, we need we need someone to back him up. We certainly need someone to, you know, but we certainly need someone to back up uh, Thomas Party and a goalie. But it's all hearsay, you know. I mean, who's going to want to come to Arsenal and sit on the bench? You know, there's not many players that, are go- that we're going to get that are going to want to come to, 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 to Arsenal and sit on the bench. And if they do, they probably won't be that that good. Um, so my cl- the clout in the transfer market has always got me. I hate the way other teams can just go, yeah, we'll have him, yeah, we'll have him, and do you know and what, we'll have him as well. Sixty million pounds. You know? Yeah. The, the, the way know. we the way we play for the rest of the season will be an audition for other players to come to us. Yes, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, if we if we're putting together performances and people can see it's a young team with potential, mm. then you might have one or two players go. Actually, I wouldn't mind being part of that and um, giving it a go. So, I mean, I think um, Raj Raj is right in what he says about Abamyang um, about uh, being fit, but I also think Thomas Party is going to be massive for us as well because he's oh yeah, the, the gazer is world class. There is no doubt about it. He really, people laugh at me again. That bloke is world-class. Watch him last night. So effortless, the bloke, playing football. And that's what you want out of a footballer. Make everything look easy, because he does. He makes everything look so easy. He's like a Rolls-Royce driving around on the... He he plays with purpose, doesn't he? Oh, he's class, mate. He's 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 intelligent. He plays with purpose. Yeah. There's a a kind of economy of touches as well. He just gets that job done in midfield. And, um, oh, just... That's why I'm I so. Can't, happy I can't believe he's here. You know, I can't believe he's here. I mean, just just got to keep him fit. Yeah, exactly. Well, we, he he was never injured, was he? At yeah. Atletico Madrid, and then he comes to yeah. us, and three weeks later, he's off. <laughs> and then he got his second injury coming back a little bit too soon. But it's a learning yeah, curve for Arteta. He'll, he won't make that mistake again. No, he won't. We, he he certainly said, won't. We've said for years that we need another Vieira type player. Now, I think it is fair to compare him to Vieira. Because not only, I mean, I don't reckon he he, he, um, he panicked at all. You give him the ball all day long, he's going to make people look silly. The only tiny mistake he made is uh, when the ball came out and someone made the run down our right-hand side. And I think he maybe wasn't completely matched for it, didn't get to it in time. Went to sliding tackling and then decided, no, I ain't going to make this. And then, and then pulled out rather than getting a yellow card for a late tackle. And then things like that was the only thing that the entire night you thought, oh, uh, I don't worry about that. He, he's going to be fine. But is it fair to compare him to Vieira? Not not just because of the the build of him, but because he, he seems to have the ability to do to do everything: to defend, to pick out passes, to be the, the metronome in the centre of midfield. This is the one 
that, that you're going to look to when things are not going right and he's going to be the one to stand there and go, don't worry, I've got this. Hmm. He's the first midfielder in the last three years that you could compare to a previous great. Hmm. Yeah, we spent too many times over the last three years going, you know, comparing these average players to the play the great players we've had in the past. And if you remember my homecoming pod of about two months ago, Danny, I, I said that. I said that Partey's probably the first midfielder that we can actually start. Not let's not get carried away, but we could start comparing him to to the Vieras of the world and stuff like that. So yeah, you know, cross fingers. I, I, I think he'll. Be, I think he'll be. He'll turn out to be a real player for the Arsenal. Hmm. Uh, I'm very, very excited about that. Danny, you, you uh, Craig mentioned earlier on that it, it, it would be bothered if we binned off the FA Cup. Hmm. Danny, what, what about the Europa Cup? I'm actually looking forward to the games. I hate Europe. I hate all those meaningless games against wanky teams you've never heard of. But a game against Benfica. Benfica, like I was saying, like the um, the Man United game. I'm not worried about the Man United game. I'm worried about the games against teams where they don't want to let you play because we're such an expressive, attacking, free-flowing side. Benfica are going to play similar kind of football. Man United are going to play that football. Wolves are going to play that football and Leeds. So we've got some decent games coming up. Southampton play decent football. So it's it's. I think some of the games that we're going to struggle against, like the Palace one where they had no intention of playing football. Newcastle in, in the, the FA Cup game didn't want to play football. They were worried about losing, so it's going to pack the midfield. And in the Newcastle players the other night, they were they were doing their best to try and hurt our players because they knew they couldn't beat us on the pitch. So they were going to try and beat us by shoving us around and kicking us. So I'm, I'm up for a decent um, Europa League run. I think other teams will be looking at us and going, oh, actually... They were they're coming together nicely there. They're, we might be might be a team that others are worried about playing against. Just never thought I'd hear myself say that again, but yeah, it's, it's going to be. Craig, what do you think? Well, I think the Europa. You know, if 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 I had a choice between the FA Cup and the Europa League, I would pick the Europa League, um, just for the simple fact that we'd we'd be back in the Champions League if we won it. You know, mm. I think it's an important trophy. People like to bin it off. But look, the prize, the ultimate prize at the end of it all is that we get back in, in into the Champions League. And if that's a back door that we can that we can exploit, then why not? Let's do it. Let's win it. You know, I mean we came well, I say we came close to, to winning it before because we we didn't, did it, did we? But we got hammered uh, in the final. But you know, win that game, you know, does anybody ever sit back and think what would be happening at Arsenal now if we had beaten Chelsea that night and we had have gone into the Champions League? I know it's all hearsay. But where would we be as a club? You know, back in the Champions League, you know, getting Champions League money, where would we be now? Like I say, it's all hearsay, but you've got to look at things like that. Um, you know, Emery would still possibly still be here. Um, who knows who we would have brought in? Who knows where, we, where we'd be as a club now? But like I said, it's all hearsay. We're, we, we are where we are now, but... Yeah, given the choice, definitely the Europa League over the FA Cup. I, just for the simple fact that it would bring back Champions League football. I'm just looking at the the teams that are in it, um, Raj. The only decent teams in it are, are Spurs, and that, that's debatable because uh, they're shit. Madrid's. Um, Man United, Madrid, yeah. um, Benfica, who we've got AC Milan, Rangers are rubbish. Leicester. I forgot they were in it. Villarreal, they've got Red Bull Salzburg, the Austrian version. Um, Roma with Mkhitaryan. Um, Bayer Leverkusen, Leverkusen, Napoli, Shakhtar Donetsk. Well, I don't really think of the team they used to be. Lille v Ajax, that would be a good one. Olympiakos, our bogey team, and, and PSV Eindhoven. So it's quite a few big teams there, but a few of them are playing each other. So there's no one there that is... The best team there is going to be 
what maybe AC Milan and Leicester and Man United. Madrid, Madrid are in there, aren't they? No. Yeah, Real Madrid are in the Europa League, aren't they? I thought they didn't, I thought they didn't qualify. They, I didn't think. No, according to this, it. Wikipedia, they're not in it. Maybe they did, yeah. It shows how much notice I take in the Champions League. <laughs> let's, yeah. just play all the, let's just play the big teams. Let's get Spurs in, in the Absolutely. Europe. Absolutely. Let's, let's get Roma yeah. and, and just see. Yeah. It's again, it's just put giving challenges to these kids again and, and, and giving them that experience. So let's see what they do. You you know, they might surprise us. They probably oh, Real Madrid won their group. They won their group, did they? They had ten, Munchen Gladbach eight, Shakhtar Donetsk eight, and Inter Milan six. Yeah, they, they, they won the last game. Yeah. yeah the last go on. Yeah, no, the no, last they, they won the last game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um Another thing I was thinking about, we're, we're a couple of gentlemen in, in, in the wilderness of our old age, and you went to, you went to Highbury many times, didn't you, Craig? I didn't go to Highbury as many times as I'd like to have gone. No, I don't um, think any of us did. Yeah, but yeah, I've been to Highbury, yeah, beautiful stadium. So, looking back at the Highbury days, maybe even, you're old enough to remember, the, I don't, I'm not sure how old you are, you're not as old as me and Raj, but you remember the George Graham days, didn't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. so... Do you see any uh, similarities between the players coming through? Like, like Saka is like Rowcastle, and mm. and Smith Rowe is a little bit like Merson with the socks mm. down and all that. Like, do you see any similarities to? Uh, looking well, at our Wikipedia page, ten players from Hayland have played for the first team this season. Ten. Well, this is obviously there's there's massive um, there's massive similarities between Graham and Arteta on the on the on the bringing the youth through. You know. Um, do I see any similarities in the way we play? Not really. Um, we were boring back then, weren't we? Boring one nil to the Arsenal. Boring, boring Arsenal. Well, but look, sometimes, yeah. I, I did know. actually. I, I, I did actually think Saka. I did compare Saka to Rocastle actually. You did. And I, I had to slap myself and go, no, no, let's not start mucking around with that kind of thing. Let him be his own player and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you, sometimes you, you do hark back to other players. Go, well, you know, he reminds me of him and. You know, um, but I think I think that's what our big mistake is as a fan base. I really do. Like every time we sign someone, they've always got to be compared to someone else. Um, we love doing that, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's our yeah. failure for the last three years. We'll yeah, exactly. Why can't we just Why can't we just sign a player and just back him and let him do his thing? And if, if he's not good enough, then we have to leave that down to the manager. You know. And because I mean, we build, and because we build them up in our heads, yes, and it doesn't happen, yeah. then we all get angry, and then we all slag them all off, and 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 the cycle continues. It's just a vicious cycle, goes round and round. Yeah, yeah so exactly. Just, just leave them be. Just leave them be. I just don't I see. Think, like, I, I totally agree. I just can't see why we just can't let them just go out there and do the thing, and we'll talk about it after the game. You know, you go on. I mean, I, I'm I'm one for it on Twitter. I'm such a knee jerker. <laughs> like last night, I was calling for Aubameyang to be taken off. You know, um, take I him off. He's doing, do you know, he's doing nothing. Bring on, bring on Martinelli. You know, and then five minutes later, he pops one in the back of the net. And well, of course, that's why then we I, do podcasts and we're not managers. <laughs> we're allowed yeah, to do these things. <laughs> exactly. You know, and then I have to I have to cover it up on Twitter by saying, "Oh, see what I did there." Look, I um. <laughs> Yeah, I slagged him off and he scored. Right, who should I slag off next? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I think some you were saying that um, 
far too often we compare modern players of players of old i think as podcasters we try to give a little bit of insight of if like party i'd, I'd never really seen party play um with pepe and all these other players you, you, it's easier if you get a, a new player and then go if, if we sign someone like um uh vardy no one needs to go Vardy is like an Alan Smith. We don't need to do that because everyone knows. But when we've got a young player coming through or a foreign player we've not heard of, I think as podcasters, we try and relate that to someone in the past so people might get a better idea of, of who they are. Like the amount of times I've said uh, what uh, um, Saka could be like this or, or Smith Rowe could be like this. It's, uh, n- now we don't have to. We don't, we don't have to keep referring back to them as because uh, they're coming through because we all know what they do. I mean, Saka, mm. for all we know, Saka could end up being a goalie, the, all, all the skills that he's got. He could play in almost any position on the pitch. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do move him around and he has to cover at right back or something like that for because yeah. he's just shown that he can do it all. But, yeah, I think that we, we, we do do it for a reason. But, yeah, it's to just let them be their own legend. I think the what it, I think the why we do it as an Arsenal fan base is because we've been so spoiled over the years. Um, yeah. with some of the players you know, we've been so spoiled with some of those players that we've had the pleasure to watch play for our club. The Pirezes, the Overmars, the Bergkamps, the Omri's, the Tony Adams, the Patrick Vieira's, the Ashley Coles, David Seaman. Oh, stop you know, it. You're making people just, cry. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It just, it just <laughs> it goes on and on and on and on. All Every single one of those players who we watched and every single one of those players that I mentioned knew what it meant to play for Arsenal, you know? Um, that, and, and with Saka and Martinelli and, and Smith-Rowe, Tierney. Especially, especially Tierney, you know, oh. especially Smith Rowe. Keep going back to Saka and Smith Rowe. <laughs> they know what it means to play for Arsenal. Yeah. They've been here. They've been here. They know nothing more than Arsenal. They've been here since they were young boys. So, the more of those players we can get into that team, the better yeah. it will be. And yeah. and and then we can start. Once they get into the team and they start realizing what it is to play for the Arsenal, then we can start saying, oh. Doesn't he remind you of Patrick Vieira, or doesn't he yeah. remind you of Ray Parler, or doesn't he remind you of? That's when we can start comparing. Not when they get a first team, one first team appearance, and go, "God, he, he looks good, doesn't he? He could be the next." <laughs> I mean, I can remember that Japanese lad scoring for us. Yeah, and on Twitter, oh, no, and, no, um, no, it wasn't Inamoto, was it? It was the one who went to Germany. Yeah, uh, Park, wasn't it? No, he was the Korean. Korean oh, line. the Korean yeah. lad. Yeah, sorry, the Korean lad. Yeah, I played sorry, one I, game against Man United. I played one game. He scored. A, he scored a goal in the cup. Yeah. Opened up his body and placed it into the top corner. Twitter was going, "God, that was a bit Omri esque, wasn't it?" Oh, bloody hell! Like, do you know? And it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, it was a great goal and a great finish. But oh, next year, Omri's come from Korea. <laughs> I don't think anyone's done that yet for Ben Cottrell or Miguel Eziz, but we have got a young young lad coming through the the youths called um um uh, Miguel, I think it's Miguel no L- Lopez yeah, I think he's seventeen year old Spanish kid left left uh, left back and he's brilliant and George Bird was on about there's another right a right back we've got coming through and then we got to so many the one I'm looking forward the to goalkeeper is as well the young Arthur. lad in gold there. Yeah, Arthur. Yeah, he's been training with the first team for the last few months. So, you know, it's yeah. looking good, man. We've, you know, do we, you know, I'm sitting here saying, having a go at our transfers. You're dead right in saying, Dan, do we need to? Or Raj, I think it was Raj or Dan, do, do we need to go into the transfer market? I don't know. I'd, we'll see. What will be, what will be, will be. Case to ask, right? Indeed. Raj, shall we, um, shall we talk about he who shall not be mentioned? Uh, Ozil. Uh, Oh, he's done it. He's done it. 
I've mentioned him already. I think it's good he's gone. And I think, I think as I said earlier on, if Mustafi goes, that dressing room will be a lot easier to manage. It's as simple yeah. as that. You know, they, they are, it's been, they are, we all know that they, they, those two were the two big power brokers in that dressing room. Uh, we'll get rid of Mustafi. Uh, <clears throat> it'll be a lot better for everyone, especially well, the youngsters. According to Wikipedia, it says on the 17th of February, January 2021, Ozil moved to Turkish club Fenerbahce. He joined as a free agent after his contract with Arsenal was terminated six months prematurely, with the player reportedly foregoing part of his £7 million owed to him by Arsenal. Although terms were undisclosed, Ozil reportedly signed a three-year deal with Fenerbahce worth £4.5 million a season and will receive a £2.6 million signing-on bonus. Craig, he, can we take that? He never that won as... me over. He never won me over at all in this wow. time at the Arsenal. I was probably no, one of the few fans that wasn't wasn't wanking myself at a forty-two million pound transfer. But you look at the you go, oh, he's a magnificent player, right? He had two seasons with Schalke, whose name I never get right. Three seasons, four Schalke. seasons with oh, Shackle, Schalke. I can't say it. Um, four Schalke. seasons. Three, that's it. Three seasons with uh, Werder Bremen. The fourth season, he only played one game. Then he had four seasons at Real Madrid, or three, and then the last season, he only played two games and came to us. And you think, he's, for Real Madrid, he played 53, 52, 52. Oh, he's one of the Real Madrid's greatest players. Oh, he's a magnificent... Real Madrid, they won the league once, and, the, and they won the the Spanish Cup and the, 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 um, the, the Spanish um, Charity Shield. That's it. With Werder Bremen, he won the German Cup, and that's it. So for someone who they're going, oh, he's one of the greatest players in the world. Craig, how many times in the ooh, seven, or eight, seven and a half seasons Ozil was Arsenal, the great, one of the greatest playmakers in the world, how many times did other teams come in for him? True. Very true. He had one, he's had one good season at Arsenal when he should have broken the assist record. By He should have smashed it. But unfortunately, he had Giroud up front um, <laughs> and, and, and couldn't help him do it. But let's not get it twisted. Mercer Ozil... Is a fantastic footballer. Yeah. Um, he is a fantastic footballer. He's a fantastic player. But I think the downfall of Mercer Ozil was that he just didn't suit this league. He when he you watch his YouTube compilations in, in Madrid, he's got about five minutes to pick out every pass that he makes. No one goes near him. He can stand there and go, uh, oh yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll give it to you. In the Premier League, you just do not get that time. You get the ball. You've got to get. You've got to get rid. He's not. He wasn't strong enough for the Premier League. He wasn't quick enough for the Premier League. He, he's, he's. He was a wimp. Um, every time okay. he got knocked off. The, yeah. Every time he got knocked off the ball, his arms up in the air looking for a free kick. Always got a bad back. Um, Look how many games away. We, it was become a running joke. Game, away games outside of the M25 didn't want to know. Yeah. No, how many games know, did he yeah. miss like that? Yeah, I know. So. I'm, oh, look, I'm, when we signed him, I was del- I was over the moon when we signed him. I couldn't believe it. He was it. sold a lie. You know, like with Saliba, he was sold a lie by Arsenal. He was told he was going to come in, be first choice after he sees not loan, and that he's going to be building the team around him. Do you think Ozil was sold a lie? Because we only had bought Sanchez in that was on his level. If, like you were saying, that Real Madrid he had all these great players... Ozil could have been magnificent, could have been a proper legend for us if the club would have carried on the Ozil, Sanchez, and then built around it. And what came after Sanchez? Peter Cech. Then nothing. Mercer Ozil, we have to forget that Mercer Ozil was, we can't forget, I should say, that Mercer Ozil was replaced um, by Gareth Bale. 
when Mercer, when we bought Mercer Ozel, I was quite surprised that no one else, you know, no one else kind of came in for him, um, and that Arsene Wenger managed to to get him here. Then you talk about it was more, it was more Gazidis than Wenger. Well, yeah, but whoever got him here, you've I, got to you know, remember in in that time. And I don't, I don't want to be negative, Craig, but it, at that time of his signing, we just lost three nil to Villa at home. That's right. We were in the middle of massive um, Wenger out protests, left, right, mm-hmm. and centre, um, and everyone was moaning about lack of transfers and where we're going and why did we move from Highbury and all that kind of stuff. There was it was real toxic stuff, um, and so they brought in. Uh, Ozil on on that, and you saw the reaction of the fans when they yeah. brought in Ozil. We th- that everyone thought that that was it; it was all sorted. We were going to fly away, and but I, I wasn't convinced. Yeah, I, it was I, the I, best. I was, it was the yeah. best money that Gazidis ever spent on behalf oh, of the club. God, yeah, absolutely, to quell, to quell the fans' anger. Going back, time. I totally agree with you, mate. But going back to the signings, you know. It's not as if we went to Real Madrid and said, right, we want your best central midfielder and we're going to have him. No, you he was available. He was available. Yeah, so why he was available. Why, why, yeah, why didn't anyone want him? Why this did we and, and not it's man like Chelsea it's, City, you know? It's the same with Sanchez. Sanchez was replaced by Luis Suarez. You know, we didn't go to Barcelona and go, oh, we'll take him. We'll have him. Do you know what I mean? Ozil and Sanchez were players looking for a club. When was the last time Arsenal went into a transfer market and took a best player from someone? Never. Never. I well, remember. I suppose Cardiff with Ramsey. Was it Cardiff yeah. or Swansea? One of the two. Well, 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 I, think, I think it's referring to a big team, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, when, when, have, when have we ever... I mean, I, I suppose the closest we got to it was, was Luis Suarez when we went in with the 40 million and one penny um, oh, God. Uh, offer. But... I don't like. I, I I agree with Raj and what he's saying. Why didn't anyone else come in for him? Why didn't Man United go for him? Why didn't Man City go for him? And even you know, when he was with us, yeah, and when he when he was playing magnificent, like we had we had one maybe two seasons where he was getting all the getting goals, getting assists, yeah. running everything. When we had Sanchez with him, I'll tell you so why. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because we we no one else would pay him what we would. No, simple no. as that. Yeah, three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week. Yeah, well, he wasn't on 350 at the start, though, was he? Yeah, but still, that contract that he signed. 350 yeah, grand a week. Yeah. What? Yeah. Do you know? Is... And then, of course, you're going to get... Then, of course, you're going to get the Aaron Ramsey saying, hang on a minute. You're paying 350? Well, I want it then. I was, I was, I'm off. No, it backfired on him, obviously, because they said, go on it. And now he's on 400 you grand know? a week. You exactly. Yeah. So... Money talks in football, and I mean, you look at Alexis, what Sanchez did, oh. probably one of one of the greatest players of the Emirates era. Yeah, but an absolute, he's, absolute snake. He sneaked into my all-time best eleven, replacing um, Lundberg. Yeah, Do you know, and then snaked us for money, and then, then he regretted it, didn't he? He Absolutely. said that he'd been there for a little while. This brings me to a question. We've only got two questions because you're all freeloading scumbags who can't be bothered. Jay Arsenal, he says, Erzul. <laughs> Ramsey, Papa, Sanchez, and I'm sure there were others I've missed out, but no fee for any of them. It's a shit show. And he says more of a topic than a question, Craig. That's what we're talking about at the moment, isn't it? How, many, how much money is this? We said we haven't got any clout in the transfer market. It's because we keep buying players and letting them go on a free. Yeah, yes. but you see, Dan, we buy players and give them stupid contracts. <laughs> That's the problem. 
That's the problem. I mean, who's going to pay Socrates was on 120 grand a week? Who's going to pay him 120 grand a week in England yeah. or anyone or anyone? Yeah. Do you know, Clash Natch was on 105 grand a week. Mustafi must have been on God knows how much. You had Ozil on 350 grand a week. Alexis Sanchez must have been, when he was playing for us, must have been on 150, 200 grand a week, surely. All these players, you look at those players that have walked, that have gone and we've let go. Their wages, mate, were phenomenal. That is why people can't get that into their heads. Oh, like in the last summer window, why didn't we get rid of them? Why didn't we get rid of them? Simple answer is because no one's going to pay their wages. The last, when... re- the last regime brought those players in and gave them massive contracts, and that is the that is why you can't get rid of them. I know when Mustafi was at Valencia, I looked up his because um, in with the game football manager that their their fine their fees for wages and stuff are bloody close. They're they're, they're decent accuracy because we never get the full thing. And I know when Mustafi was at Valencia, he was on thirty five grand a week. But then when he came to Arsenal, they put him on 90 straight away. Now, he there knows if he's going to go back to Spain or Germany, because Germany, even the players like Lewandowski, he isn't on 350 grand a week. None of those players are. There's only two places in the world where you're going to get high wages, and that is going to be um, Spain and the Premier League. I mean, Italy are coming back now, and they're, and they're doing stuff. Their they're, they're leagues are back on their uppers, which is good. But Mkhitaryan, 180 grand a week. Uh, Lacazette, Pepe's on 140. How much do you reckon yeah. Pepe was on when he was in Italy? I mean, in France, what, 15, what, 10, 15? 15? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, there you go, you proved, proved my point. Thanks. <laughs> how can uh, you sell time. a player? How can you sell a player like Pepe now if we wanted to sell Pepe? How much are we going to get for him? I'd, uh, well, it won't because uh, we'd have to pay part of his wages, wouldn't we? How much no one's going to pay, do you reckon? Who, if you, you know, if you, Maybe 20, 25. We certainly ain't going to get seventy two for him anyway, and we still have to pay that seventy two. We're still paying. Um, we took a, we took a paid a lump sum and the rest over the next four seasons. Yeah, I mean, look, hundred and forty grand a week is on goodness me. So we've gone from Raj. We've gone from selling our best players for uh, Henri Vieira, and I'm not going to list them all, to letting our best players go on a free transfer because we can't afford to sell them. We can't afford to keep them because they cost too much money, and no one's going to pay their wages to buy them. So do you think that is an end of an era? Do you think all the people that have been involved with that, like Toadface, with that, I mean, we we allegedly, it's been said that Toadface, um, when he left, uh, he's, the, once the the finances were um, shown for the Pepe deal, that we massively overpaid for it, and they're not sure where all the money went. They brought in, the Cronkies brought in that accountant, didn't they, uh, who's an Arsenal yeah. fan, and then the Toad was gone pretty sharpish after we'll that. Where that money went. That's the kind of roundabout point that I'm maybe suggesting, yeah. So do you think that the club and Cronky have learned their lesson from this, Raj? Or you they start making changes because at some point in the near future, most clubs are going to be struggling for cash because of this COVID, you know, and, and no one's going through the turnstiles. And, you know, they, they decided, I think yesterday or this morning, that every single Premier League game is going to be shown live now on TV. So uh, no, so you know they obviously got rid of that stupid fourteen pound fifty pay per view thing, and they're just going to just show every single Premier League game. Um, have because, you seen because... games on Amazon? Amazon do by far the greatest coverage of football. It is a, it is it is a thing of it's beauty. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. But we, you know, how much money are clubs going to have? Are they going to keep spending eighty, ninety, hundred million pounds on players when they got nothing coming in? You know, owners, yeah. our owners at some point are going to say, "Well, actually, no, hold off. You're going to have to just." Try and Great find point. some bargains, you know. Great. Um, it, we are gonna we are gonna declare a loss this year. And I remember saying years so ago that 
that you look at um, the North American Soccer League and the Beckenbauer, Pele, all those days, that, that reached unbelievable levels of finances and stuff and, and then that burst. And I always said, that's how the Premier League will go. I never honestly thought it'd be COVID that is going to do it, but the Premier League are now going, oh shit, we've got no money coming in and all these players are on massive amounts of money and They've the Premier League has taken uh, their football their supporters for granted over the years. They've yeah. mugged us off right royally when it comes to season tickets and the representation. Doing the clubs doing what the fans want and things like that. So I think hopefully this is going to be a reality check for the clubs and realise fucking hell, look how good we had it and look how shit we treated our fans. Whether it be um, Sky, BT, um, Santander, or all these other ones. Was it Santander? No, Santander. Yeah, you know, all that lot, we, the amount of do- money. If we declare a loss this year, which looks like we will do, having looked at the accounts, then how does financial fair play work? If you de- oh, if a club declares a loss, then you're you're not going to be allowed to buy too many players. If you, no, if it you goes on percentage of profits, doesn't it? Yeah, very true. So, who's going to declare a profit this year? And there aren't going to be that many clubs in the Premier League, even the Uniteds and Cities, who are going to declare a profit because they're, they're. I mean, it's not as even if. It's not as even if Cronky can just say, there you go, there's 100 mil. He, he, he can't do that, can he? No, he won't be no. allowed to. No. You're allowed to, so. We're doing the right thing. We're getting rid of the players that are on a huge amount of money. We've got young players coming through that are maybe on 10, 15, 20 grand a week. Still a massive amount of money. But then you look at Man City, the amount of massive earners they've got on the books. You know Aguero hasn't scored a league goal in a year? Yeah, I have. Really yeah. Oh uh, they God. said it on the commentary. Well, imagine if that was Arsenal. God... Giroud was a pariah for not scoring in 16 games. Let alone in, I know he's been injured a lot before anybody tweets me. He's been injured a lot. It doesn't matter. It's the amount of money that he is getting played, paid. And all these other players they've got. I mean, how many, like you were saying earlier, Craig, they got, they're going out and spending 50, 60 million pounds on a defender. Didn't work. Get another one. That didn't work. Yeah. Fuck it. Get another one. Goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Look at the, the Azubabella bloke at, at Chelsea. 70 million quid on a goalkeeper and they're not, they, they can't play him because he's mm. rubbish. And De Gea, 350 grand a week. And then you look at him, you look at Henderson, and you think, fucking hell, that Henderson's decent. And all these players are stuck with those. Kind of, Pogba, fucking hell, another transfer for Man United that has gone. Perhaps, but they're, 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 they've got an owner that just keeps chucking more and more money at them, which mm-hmm. we can't do. Perhaps it's going to be a blessing in disguise, lads. You know, yeah. all this is happening. Perhaps, yeah. you know, for, for our club, perhaps it's going to be a blessing. Because like you say, we've got some fantastic youngsters coming through. And... Perhaps this, perhaps this, what needs to happen here? You know, we we back our own, if if you like, um, and we stop trying to get that quick fix spending money because it hasn't worked for us in the past. I can't see it working anytime soon because Raj, great point, brings up there about profits and and money being brought into clubs and you know the, the, our, the summer the summer transfer window is going to be very very interesting in that. You know, I mean, again, look, look, I might be wrong. I, com- I might be completely wrong here, but can we? Can you see these hundred fifty million pound transfers happening ne- next summer? There might be the odd one or two, but the the the, the, the forward thinking manager, the Arteta, Arteta's of the world, should be thinking now about sending, finding people who could go out to the European leagues and finding these five, ten, fifteen million pound bargains and taking a they're out there. couple of these players. They are out there because that's what that's what Wenger did when he first started. He scoured the French leagues and found all these players, and they were amazing. And everyone then just copied him. So uh, maybe we have to go back to that uh, and, and start again and start looking for for gems, you know. But we need to find the right people to look for them, you know, the the, the right scout or whatever. Um, but I don't. I think summer the summer will be 
you know, John Smith coming to Arsenal. We're going, who the fuck is he? And we find out six months later, hopefully, he's an amazing player. So, yep. you never know. Be nice. But you, at, you look at the academy players. Like I said 10 of academy, Highland academy players have come through this season all English. Mm. Brilliant. I mean, that, fantastic. In the Wenger days, how many of those, well, you wouldn't have got 10 in one season all playing no. for the first team. And if they would have, they, if you would have got any amount, they'd all be foreign. I mean, nothing against foreigners. All my, my family, have, some of them are foreign, Irish and Italian and all that lot. But with, with the, the, the Brexit thing, and we're not allowed to bring those players in anymore and the amount of money that it costs, plus the premium we have on, on, on young English players because of the, 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 the allocation of when they're playing. And we've got 10 of them coming through, and we've got a load more coming through as well. And then you look at the under-18, the under-23s, most of them are English. You've got a, spl- a splattering of, of uh, like a decent Spanish, or we've got um, the young, um, the Dutch kid, um, the striker. No, is he Swedish? The, um, the Swedish, yeah. Yeah. Got him. You got some in there, which is really good. But you look back, Wenger had three, three or four generations of youth products, and it was on the the days of Frimpong and all that lot, where he had parity for all the young players, and most of them on forty grand a week. Imagine that under twenty three is on forty grand a week. Absolute yeah. madness. Does, does anyone and, know how Brexit? Will, does anyone know how Brexit will affect transfers in the future? Is it? Is there a, God, not that that a visa? And if, if if we have to get a visa for every player that's coming in from Europe. I think the are restrictions. They gonna, are, are they going to have to be an under twenty-one international or under nineteen international as a very minimum? You have got to think about all these things, and um, so it's brilliant that we've got ten players coming through the academy. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not ten. saying all ten, all ten will make it, but if if a couple do, or three or four yeah. of them, we are laughing. We're heading. We are. You know, it'll be amazing for the club. It's kind of strange that we're actually talking about this because it's like it's like we've gone in a full circle. We have, you know, we, have we, we, we we left the Emirates and uh, sorry we left Highbury and we were going to the Emirates and you know Project Emirates was that we were going to save a load of money and bring all the youth players in and we were going to be great and this that and the other it didn't quite work out and now the pendulum is coming round to where everyone else can't spend now or you know no one can spend because of COVID yet we've got ten gems hopefully ten gems. Coming through to youth. Brilliant. We come through, we win the league, we win the Champions League, and <laughs> everything's hunky boy. And if we were, I mean, is that luck or judgment? And plus, if uh, but, those but players, think, if we wanted there's, to. There's luck involved in that. Massive No, it asked. No one was sitting there with, with, uh, with an abacus working this out. But looking at the market at the moment, how much. Um, right, I'll start with you, Raj, three players. Martinelli, Sam Saka, Smith Rowe. How much would you reckon it would cost if we wanted to go and buy players that in that in that um, part of their career where they're performing like they are now? Because we've got two for nothing. If and you want, if you want to buy million. all three of them, it'd cost you what two twenty, two thirty, maybe more. Got it for nothing, Craig. Do you mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean they've got to be got to be in today's in today's market and today's prices. They've got to be fifty million, million a piece, aren't they? 50, yeah. Easy, fifty. Easy. And their value is going to go up. I hope we secure their contracts. I hope we make them make sure that they love this club. Mm. I think they uh, do, mate. I think they yeah. do. I don't think we're going to have any problems with Saka and Smith Rowe and Martinelli signing new contracts. And I, you know, yeah. I know Saka's just signed another one. I think Saka's was really long, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, I vaguely remember it being five years. Five years. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any in five years' time. I would not be worried about him just going. Yeah, give me another one. 
you know? And, and he's signing it again. Uh, it's a great position to be in. It is, it is one for you. Who should get the 10 shirt? A new player or one of the ones we've already got at the club? There's, there are people saying that, that, um, that Lacazette wants it. I don't think Lacazette would want to change numbers. Do you? I know he was 10 when he was at Lyon, but who would you, Raj, who would you I've, think I've should get no the 10? I've got no idea who should get the 10. <laughs> <laughs> not like I said, I don't think I don't think he cares really. I think uh, I think there's only one. I don't, know, he, I don't know whether his heart's in it anymore. To be honest, I mean he's another one on decent wages, isn't he? Hundred, I think it's hundred eighty thousand pounds he's on. Um, but I don't know. What do you think, Craig? I'll give it straight to Smith Rowe. No question. Hmm. There you go, Sam. Put, put that on. Yeah. That's yours. You know, I mean, and again, can you imagine that? You know, can you imagine him being brought into the office and Mikhail Arteta saying to him, "Right, you're my new number 10. Can you imagine what yeah, that kid yeah. would be feeling walking out of that office? Yeah. Do you know? It's all people think I'm mad when I say things like that, but it's all it's all so it's all psychological. He's going to think that you know, oh man, look at Arsenal, look at this faith they're showing in me. I've been here since I was nine. Now I'm number ten. Oh my god! You know it's. It's all that feel good factor, and, and and again, that will make him love the club. Do you know? This is this is the most positive podcast I've ever been on in my life. Zaka's <laughs> <laughs> contract is twenty twenty four. People, if people listen to this podcast and it hasn't gladdened their hearts, <laughs> then we may as well give up. Because honestly, everyone who, who does listen to this podcast, relax. This is going to be great. You know, and I'm not about this next six months. I think the next for the next two or three years, we're going to see some real. Quality development. It's going to take, you know. take a long time. It will, it's do. Start, it will do. It started. It started. Ozil's gone. Clock took four years. Gone. Exactly. You know. I mean, and you look. It... Someone, someone tweeted a picture of the team, the the, the game before Klopp took over, a Liverpool, the Liverpool team, and like oh, you look at it and you're like, oh my god, like <laughs> they were rubbish. Do you know the, the the players in that team, and to look at them now. But the Liverpool fans showed faith in him. Um, the board showed faith in him, which was the most important thing for him, that the board backed him. Um, are our board going to back Arteta? We've already, you know, with the Looks money like situation it. and stuff like that, let's hope he does get backed. But now people, now the Socrates, the Mustafis, the Ozils, the, the Klosner, you know, I hope people ain't going to think that in summer just because we've let all them players go that we're going to have all this money to play with and we can pay him that much and we can pay him that much now and this, that and the other. I hope people are sensible in the fact that, like Raj just said, it's going to take a couple of years. Um, and we're just going to have to just put the seatbelt on and strap in and uh, and enjoy the ride. Play and the academy hiccup- and have a laugh. Yeah. And when the hiccup does come, people, don't don't jump on the plane, man. Oh, he's out. We've lost two games in a row. Sack no. him. It'll come, man. It'll yeah. come. You can, they've play, already got their play, tweets saved. If we play shit or bust football and we lose a couple of games, I won't care. Yeah. Exactly. It'll be so exciting. I've always It'll said so I just exciting. want 100%. I just want 100% in every game. If the player can come off that pitch and say, oh, fuck, I've done everything. Sorry we lost. We tried, you know, we tried everything. And I can see that every single player on that pitch tried their hardest, losing or as a fan, I was just about to say losing doesn't matter. As a fan, of course, losing matters. But if they've all tried and given 100%, that's all you can ever ask um, of your team. Yeah. yeah. Um, Saka's I, contract I, I mean, is 2024. I must, I, must, I must pod with Craig more often in the, in the, in the future. Dan, sort <laughs> out. 
<laughs> yeah, it's very yeah, positive. This is very positive. I like that. Yeah, I do try. We can see the the well, most podcasts that I like listening to that are very positive. Um, yeah, they're, they're all pretty. Well, good. you've got to get the fine margin, haven't you? I understand yeah. why people are disappointed. I understand. I can understand why people would rather Arteta walked out the door. I do. I can understand it, but. What I don't understand is the blind hate. I just, that's the thing. I just don't understand the blind hate. I mean, I was, I've been a bit of a reformed character on Twitter the last few years. I mean, I I was a bit naughty. I was a bit naughty Uh, during the Wenger out thing. And uh, I think we all were at times. Said a few things I shouldn't have said and showed a bit of disrespect to him when really I should be respecting him. Um, It's not until you sit down and actually think what Arsene Wenger done for Arsenal Football Club. Um, continuously. Yeah, continuously. I was only looking at the moment, you know, all the time and tweeting about the moment and and stuff like that. But Mikhail Arteta, I believe, I believe that Mikhail Arteta has got a massive, massive future at this club. As long as he's backed um, and as long as he learns quick. Um, and he does seem that he's learning from his mistakes, doesn't he? Yes, absolutely. And hope look, so, yeah. I understand the argument that Mikhail Arteta's first job at Arsenal, you know, Arsenal shouldn't be employing managers who are coming to Arsenal to learn how to be a manager. I get that. I really do. And I I agree with that. It's a massive job for a first-time manager. You know, huge job. But I think what lets me say, well, hang on a minute, is is that, you know, he's an ex-Arsenal player. He's our ex-captain. He knows Arsenal. Arsenal's in his heart. That, for me, is massive um, to, to have someone managing us who, 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 who loves Arsenal. Arsene Wenger clearly loved Arsenal, done some magnificent stuff for us, and unfortunately went downhill quite rapidly. Unai Emery came in, steadied the ship, 20, 20 game unbeaten run. Gave the kids their break. Yeah, gave the kids their break. If you think about it, in a really indirect way. He's done a lot for Arsenal as well in the very mm. short time that he was here. Yeah. So I'm just asking, you don't, you know, I'm just asking, just give Arteta some time. I've said it on all the podcasts I've been on. I understand the frustrations. I understand people can get frustrated by mistakes, but like you say, Dan, he's learning from him and he clearly is learning from, learning from him. And I just think the future will be very bright with Mikhail Arteta in charge. And look at that shit up the road where they, they think they're, oh, look at us. We're up. Your team is killing your team. It's killing your players. You have got a once, not in a generation, once in, in a, a, a millennium player in Kane and maybe Son. And look what he's doing to your team. You're winning games 1-0, shutting up shop and then conceding late goals. And yeah. that is going to kill them. Right, isn't it? Brilliant. I love it. <laughs> right, we've got one question. Uh, we had two. We had Jay Arsenal's one. We've got one from Shane Curtin. Um, and he says, start with you, Raj. Hopefully, Aubameyang gets confidence from his two goals. But my question is, do you think he is affected by the fan base mentioning Tyranny's name with arm with the armband a lot? Would we rest, uh, Would we get the best from Aubameyang if he was never had been captain? What a question. Yeah, I actually think he shouldn't have been given the captaincy. I think sometimes there's certain players that just need to get on with their job and not have any distractions. Yep. And I think I think the captaincy for Aubameyang has been in some ways a little bit of a burden and, and been a bit of a distraction. So yeah, I think I think someone someone else should get it. And 
I'm going to ask Craig who who should get the captaincy if it wasn't Aubameyang. I actually yes. totally agree. I, I I actually totally agree with you as well um, yeah. about Aubameyang having that extra bit of added pressure uh, to be uh, to be captain of Arsenal because as we've seen over the years, it is a massive pressure to be captain of Arsenal, and I think that the captaincy has been a bit of a you know hasn't been as imp- hasn't it hasn't been as important as it should be. I mean, we gave Theo... Theo his birthday. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Oh, it's your birthday today, Theo, is it? Oh, there you go, mate. You can be captain today. I mean, yeah. can you imagine being in the changing room with Tony Adams and the manager coming in and going, uh, Tony, uh, it's actually <laughs> Theo's birthday today. Uh, w- w- would you mind letting him be the captain? Can you imagine what I'll Tony Adams would have said? I'll give you a second, a second question. That you, can, you haven't uh, asked the first one, but the second question would be, is the Arsenal captaincy... An honour as it used to be. No 20 way, years ago. no way, not a chance. Yeah, exactly. It's been flouted around. We made Farragas captain to try and stop him from leaving. I think Nazari had a stint as captain to Van try and Percy. stop him from leaving. Van yeah. Persie, the, um, the snake. Yeah, you know. I mean, look. I'm oh, sorry. I, I shouldn't really call him that, but I, he left a sour taste in my mouth. That bloke. Yeah, um, uh, do you know that bloke right when he first signed for Arsenal if I'd have caught him in bed with my missus I'd have lit his cigarette for him I, I, do you know that's how I feel about it. I would have lit his cigarette for him and asked him does he take two, one or two sugars while I go downstairs and make him a cup of tea Thank you and, then done, and then he done that but anyway I just cock. yeah I've done it for him no problem no problem at all um, with the car, so who's, who's going to get the captain seat now holding oh no no, no no I think if there's one man that's shown me that he is, he could captain this team, and that's James. Kieran Tierney. Oh, Tierney, right? Okay. Yeah, Kieran Tierney for sure. Newcastle, Very young, Newcastle. though. Twenty-three. Yeah, exactly. Captain of, was he captain of Celtic? Um, he was. He was. Cap- I, I believe he was captain of Celtic a few times. If, if Scott Brown wasn't, Scott Brown was captain. But when Scott Brown was unavailable, I'm sure Kieran Tierney was captain for Celtic in that situation. Um, if one man has shown me, he's so old school again, Kieran Tierney as well. He's so old school, such an old school footballer. I love him. And how we've, we got him for 25 million pounds is. Sorry, Celtic fans. We owe you money. Sale of the century. Absolute sale of the deal of the century. But, um, if there's one man who's shown me that he's got the passion, he's got the drive. I mean, I've seen him twice now shouting at a Bamiang for not, for, for not tracking back or not getting forward or not giving him the ball when he wanted it. He shouts at him. I mean, if you've got the front to shout at Aubameyang, that's the kind of player I want my players to be afraid of. And that's the kind of player I want to be shouting at my players. If he's got the bollocks to do it, give him the armband and, and, and let him do it. And talk about bollocks. You see, in the first game against Newcastle, Kieran Tierney, was he? Five for eight, five, nine. Mm. He was fronting up to um, Andy Carroll. And Andy Carroll backed off. Yeah. You don't fuck with, with a boy. My old, man said, my old man always used to say to me, if you get into a fight with a Scottish fella, walk away. <laughs> I mean, he grew, <laughs> when he went to school, he went to school with everyone in his school was a Rangers fan and he was a Celtic fan. And that's the making of that bloke. I mean, what's, he's so young and he's so... People think that he's injury prone. He's, he's not. One, I think two of them were, were his shoulders, which can happen to anybody. I mean, what is the left one than the right one? And then I think he had another little knock. But apart from that, like party, he's very rarely injured. I just had a look. He was a captain for Celtic. His last season, he had two games in the Europa League and the season before that he was one in the League Cup. So 
Yeah, been captain before. He knows what it's all about, and he, he's, he looks like he's come through the hail end that he gets it. He's got the mentality. A couple of years. He's got, he's got the winning mentality as well. Yeah. He's been at Celtic. He's won nine titles in a row. Yeah. He's won God knows how many trophies at Celtic. All right, people can say that the SBL is not, you, you can't compare the you can't compare the SBL to the Premier League. Do it, but you've got to be a winner to win things. Do you know what I mean? You've got to have that mentality to win things. It's very easy for Celtic. I think playing for Celtic must be really difficult because you you know you're going to win. You probably know you're going to win it, but you still got to get yourself up to 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 do it. Do you know what I mean? It's, they play so rubbish teams up there. Sorry to any SBL fans, but they are pretty poor, aren't they? You know, Celtic are going to win. I mean, Rangers are running away of it this year, but you've still got to get yourself up to get and onto that pit. Yeah, they're not. Exactly. They won't accept you playing shit. Exactly. Hmm. So right, Tierney um, for me, Raj. Kieran Tierney, captain of Arsenal next year, please. Who do you have, Raj? I'm not fast. Just take it away from my back. <laughs> you asked the question, and now you don't care about the answer. No, we we we, we agreed that Abamyang shouldn't be captain because of the the distraction and, and pressure he has. Yeah, we want we we, we just want him to concentrate on playing, just scoring goals. But we? Have you ever known a captain to give up the armband? You can't take it off him. You can take it off him. Yeah, exactly. You can take it off him, but how will he react? Well, just wait. The, oh. You know, that's the thing, mate. Um, how would he react to be to having no more kid gloves? Mm. Yeah, perhaps that's what we need as well. Delicate. It's a, it's a yeah. tough one. Right, gents. I think, considering we had absolutely no notes other than let's just have a good podcast, we've been doing this for years. This, uh, I think that's right. pretty well. Raj is in a good mood. I actually thought that this would only last about 20 minutes. I thought we've got nothing. Once we've talked about the first couple of things we talked about, I thought we'd have nothing to talk about. We thought I'd be off. You didn't, you, you unbeliever. Yeah, I know. We've done well. Done well. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me. Um, where can people find you on on the Twitters, Craig, if if they dare, and uh, tell the people about your podcast? Not that any Arsenal fan won't know about your podcast. <laughs> you get eight eight hundred people watching each live if live show that you do. Madness, isn't it? Eight hundred people. Well, that. couldn't ask for uh, you and you and the Highbury squad, and uh, Mike and Andy are scumbags, so they can get fucked. <laughs> you, you and, and Sophie, Amanda, and uh, Big Kev, you you two shows are running away with it, and Tom. Tom's doing really well as, as well. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really good to see your friends doing, getting huge numbers like that. You deserve it. People always ask me how, do, people always ask me how, how you know, it's, it's successful. And to, to have people to say, you know, that your podcast, I mean, people tweeting me and saying, it's the best Arsenal podcast out there. I mean, like, I sit here and I go, ah, come on, come on now. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, you've got, you know, the Ars blog and 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 Ars cast and things like that. I mean, really, better than that? No, I don't think so. But anyway, um, it, when people say that about you, it's really nice and it makes it makes it worth doing. I mean, I had a few messages there today to say that last night's podcast um, brightened up their day. You know, they were having a shit day, and at seven o'clock they watched us, and by eight o'clock they couldn't give a shit about the world. So when you hear things like that, it makes it all worthwhile. Never been, you know me, Dan, you've known me a long time now. We've been in this together for a long time and I've never been one for numbers. I've never been one to say, I've got this many subscribers and I've got this many views. If one person keeps watching us live every week, I'll keep doing it. Numbers don't matter to me. Best way to be. It's just, 
and am I doing a am I doing the podcast? Am I doing a podcast for money? Am I doing a podcast to be famous? Absolutely not. Can't get rich I, doing it nowadays. Absolutely not. You're not going to get rich unless you're you've got a channel like AFTV. Simple. Yeah. Um, the the amount of money we make is so minimal. It's Enough ridiculous. for a cheeseburger. For a cheese. Sometimes I get a donation and I might be able to afford a Big Mac and chips. Um, Degan, I was but, there last season when some bloke gave you about 90 quid. $150. Fucking, that was amazing. Couldn't believe it. I thought it, was all like, around. I thought it was like 150 shackles or something. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? It works out to be about two quid. And I looked at it and I was like, is that dollars? I was watching that live. <laughs> Brilliant. But, um, yeah, thanks. You know, you've given me tremendous support. Everyone's given us, everyone's given us tremendous support. You know, and it's so good, and it's it's a great community to be in the Arsenal podcasting world. Um, I love it. Uh, you know, everyone I've met. You know, I meet Raj tonight now, and no doubt we'll follow each other on Twitter now. And there's another, you know, another contact and another person to speak to, and this is great. So yeah, you can find me on Twitter if you dare um, at Scotty Boy Guna, but please at Scotty Boy Goyner, but please be warned, I can knee-jerk, um, especially at half-time, uh, like I did last night. And you can come and follow the podcast uh, at Same Old AFC, and you can subscribe to us on YouTube at the Same Old Arsenal Podcast. If you haven't, come along, come and join us um, on our next podcast and see what you think. Lovely. I've not listened to last night's one yet. I got up really late like I did today, so I only caught the, the, the last drunk. hour. Judges was? was drunk. Judges. All those half pints. Poor Blaze. Oh the people also go go into YouTube and just try type in Lee Judges and then just enjoy yourself for an hour. Oh. Angry Lee Judges. Type in Lee Alexa. Judges Alexa. Lee Judges Alexa. That's the best one. <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. It's got yeah, he went there, he went filming because as as a lot of people know, Lee is um Lee is quite well followed. Um he's fantastic, Lee. I love him to bits. Um he really is my my best mate and all this, you know, um, so down the on a personal level. And, you know, he come all, he come, he, he come from London last year to see me and we met up in Dublin for the first time ever. And he's such a nice bloke and I've got so much time for him. I'll do anything for him, you know? Um, but he's, he's, he's quite, he's gone quite up the, re- I don't know if it's the right way to describe it up the ranks, I suppose he's fast becoming, the sensible face of yeah. Arsenal fan TV, you know, he's, he's the only him as well. He's not putting it. He's him. He's not. He's a real Arsenal fan. Lee judges. He's a well, real I mean, Arsenal. I messaged fan. him and said, oh, I'm, "I'm." I went to the Aston Arsenal Aston Villa three two last season, and then he messaged me and said, "Why don't you tell me I was you were there? I'd have come and seen you." I said, "Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He said, "Yeah, here's my number. Next time you're there, give me a, give, let me know you're there, and I'll come and say hello. We'll have half pint together." I thought, "Go down." He's, that's, he's such that's a, a judge for you. Such a nice bloke, honestly, he really is. And he is, people say to me, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Arsenal fan TV, they, do excuse me, Arsenal fan TV, they ain't real Arsenal fans. Well, let me tell you this, Lee Judges is a real Arsenal fan. Um, mm. He's been there, seen it, done it all. Um, follows that team across land, sea, whatever you like. Um, he is a real Arsenal fan and he's been there, you know, he's been there since, you know, he was a, he, he was a small boy. Um, he, he is a real, real, yeah, when he had hair, yeah, um, a real Arsenal fan. Um, and not, not a bad player either. But yesterday, yeah. yesterday he went filming um, with his mates and had a few beers while he was filming and jumped onto our straight afterwards and he was still a little bit happy, should we say. 
<laughs> oh, talking of happy, something you'd never be accused of being rash. And where can people find you on on the Twitters? And have you got any? You your 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 boys have been doing live gigs, haven't they, over the internet? Um, do you want to publicise that at all? Or do you want to keep it a secret? Yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna stream a show on Friday for a month. It's already been recorded, so that'll be available on our website, bootlebeatles.com. And if you've got any Middle Eastern fans of the podcast, then we're in Dubai at the Opera House on Wednesday and Thursday of next week. So, uh, is, uh, yeah. have I missed something here? Is Raj a bit famous, Dan? Oh, he's, he's boys are. I hear people talking about it on the radio. Ian, Ian Lee is a massive fan of the Beatles, and he, he often talks about the bootleg Beatles. And I thought, my mate's in charge of them. He owns them. There he's yeah, boys. No exactly. way. <laughs> we haven't we haven't we haven't worked in fucking months, but we've got two months. Month. Next week, oh, well, so I hope, yeah. I hope you get Dubai, back to it. Dubai, Dubai 2728, Dubai Opera, and also if you want to look at the stream, it's available for seven pounds uh, from oh. Friday onwards for a month, and you get well, to our show. Let me know next time you're in Ireland, VIP ticket and all that. We are in Belfast. Nah, no, too that's, far. That's not that's not Ireland, is it? Really? We're in Belfast in May. Don't get caught saying that when you do come here, will you? <laughs> We're doing Dublin. <laughs> Dublin. Dublin in October. Oh, Dublin. I'm, I'm there. I'm there, Raj. I am yeah. there. Definitely. My mum and dad have been married. Well, well, my mum divorced him a couple of years ago because they fell out. And my dad had been married to my mum for 48 years. And then he went, I didn't realise Northern Ireland and Republic Ireland were separate countries. My mum nearly hit him. <laughs> yeah, I should, I'd say she did. <laughs> anyway, Raj, um, how about your, your, your Twitter um, um, name, Raj? Are you going to give that out so that people can come and follow your Raj, wise words? Raj and, Patel, 1809. And that's the year you were born? That's the year you were born. I've been talking mainly about cricket this week, to be quite honest, because I just watched one of the greatest test matches in history, and I've been yes. going on about it for a while and stuff. But, yeah, I try not to talk too much during the game these days. I don't rant as much as I used to. I'm not as toxic as I used to as well. I've got to calm down over the years, but you can catch me on there whenever you want. Oh, you follow me? I did well, follow I you. I'm following you now, sir. Right now. Done. Yeah. Dusted. Making making connections live on here. in Dublin in October, <laughs> definitely. The gay, I think it's the gaiety. If you know where that is. Yeah, I do. Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, there you I'll go, people. You Get you on the guest go. list. If you like podcasts, go find the same old Arsenal podcast with Craig and uh, the other people that are on there, the Judge and uh, and Adrian Durham's regularly on there. I think he was on there last night. <laughs> oh, Mark! He's he's. Do you know what? Me and Mark, me and Mark have been mates since we were eight years old. Way back, yeah. Oh, we go way back, and Damn. another one. I love to bits. He like he's such a legend. He really, really is. We play football together all through our youth careers, and I oh, said careers. You know, through youth football. Um, and yeah, he's he's a legend. It's a tidy player as well. He was, I tell you, tidy right well back. To get used to his his laid back in the kitchen. Oh, if he was any more style. laid back, he'd be asleep. <laughs> and if so, if you ask if you like podcasts, and if you if you like if you like the Beatles, bootlegbeatles.com or go and find Raj on the internet. And uh, yeah, he'll point you in the right direction to go and see his boys doing some fantastic stuff. Right, that's. Uh, that was a half-hour show that lasted an hour and 26 minutes, so I hope you liked it. If you did, give it a thumbs up, give it a tickle, tell your friends, put it in an envelope and post it to your neighbours because you're not allowed to go and speak to them anymore. And we will be back on Saturday morning. Good God, Saturday afternoon. I've asked Josh to do it because there's no way I'm getting out of bed at quarter past 12. So Josh has put in the group, anybody available, 
as ABW are useless scumbags, not a single fucking person's replied until Nikki Wilson said yes. So there you go. This Saturday, two o'clock ish, it's going to be Josh and Nick um, live after the game. And uh, we will see you then. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, go on, Craig, how do you end your podcasts? Tell them. Take care of yourselves and each other. Up the Arsenal. Hey, good night. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>